Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting through the eyes of professionals, brought to you by punningform.com.au and topsport.com.au. MG is back with me after a big week at the Bull. I tell you what, you were a bit uh, glassy-eyed when I saw you on Friday, but it looks like you're full of beans now. How was the Bull? It was great, Nico. Um, finished it full of running, so uh, it was good. I was, uh, I was actually pretty patient uh, through a lot of the days. Uh, only uh, came home strong with the uh, last two Zara winners mm. that uh, set the Thursday night alight and made sure I finished strong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it was good. Great carnival. Um, they were blessed with their weather after the Monday night monsoon. Um, uh, the track was a bit iffy at times. Some Leaderish. The, it was leaders' paradise. Yeah, some of the pro unbull like unbull like. Yeah, they definitely didn't get off the track too much, but um, that was great. It was you know, Warnable didn't miss a beat after having the year off. Everyone freshened mm. up, and uh, I was surprised how many people finished full of running on the Thursday. A few went home early. Some didn't make out the third day, but that uh, no, was good. Mm, little birdie tells me that uh, a pro punter. Jumped in the car and just took off in disgust at the track before yeah. the uh, before the last race on the last day. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> to be to be fair though, he had a fill up day one, um, and uh, he, he looked like he was in for a real solid campaign. But uh, yeah, went over to take him a beer at about race two or three, and um, got the shits. Yeah, his mate his mate took the beer off me and said uh, he's already in the car on the way home. So. Uh, it was uh, it was interesting. Uh, tipped him the Zara thing in the last, so yeah. I think his car ride home was good. And then he naturally would have rolled it all into the storm on Thursday night. So everybody got around him at the Whalers on uh, on Thursday night. That was awesome to watch. Yeah, we did tip uh, the storm up strongly. It sounds like we tip them every week. They're an auto bet. They're like Jamie Carr. They're just a rolling ATM machine. And uh, DK Weir used to be the ATM machine, and Robbie Smurden when they were at their top down at the ball. But how was the uh, the little birdie function on the Wednesday night? How how long did the bar tab last on Wednesday night? Um, lasted not quite two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, the uh, Jason down at the uh, the Cali. Mm. Um, he he said we'd probably get close to four hours out of it <laughs> on the Wednesday. I thought morning. you guys would be cactus by Wednesday, and you'd uh, yeah. it'd last a little bit longer than two hours. I yeah, went around and saw the setup Wednesday morning. Took him breakfast, and uh, he just said how the uh, the night would roll out, and he said uh, for that amount of money, that many people were allowed in, uh, we'd get four hours out of it. And I said, well, I'm not sure with the drinking crew oh, that really? uh, we can bring down. So. Uh, no, they were like vultures at a bar. Um, they certainly didn't slow down from the uh, two hours after the races, but uh, it was good packed house. Uh, the band got up and going early. Yes. I think everybody had a good time. Um, yeah, so it was it was really good. Mm. And you uh, you bounced back into town, and uh, there was a couple of uh, tough results in the AFL last week. I guess the first one we'll talk about is Richmond and Geelong. I tell you what, the Tigers have been a little bit unkind to you, and. I sort of made a bit of a fool of myself, or maybe I'm starting to get proven right. Halftime of the Western Bulldogs-Richmond game, I said, the Tigers can't win a premiership playing like this. They jumped out of the locker rooms for the second half of Western Bulldogs-Richmond and uh, made a fool out of me. But we saw them cough it up again last week with Richmond-Geelong. Caught a lot of people by surprise, you included. For me, I've seen this switch on and off from Richmond for all year, basically, and I just don't think they've got their, their hard edge, their hunger. Um, I don't really care about what's happening in the nightclubs or anything like that, but what's happening on the footy field, these big fade-outs, it's just unlike the Richmond of old. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah, your, your tweet's getting a very um, on-and-off run as well, isn't it? Uh, one, <laughs> one week you're retweeting it and, and, and next week you're copping abuse and then well, the next yeah, week you're retweeting it. I'm getting it, trolled so. and then I'm not getting trolled, but, yeah, I, you know, it's, you got to put your opinion out there. No, no, yeah, and, um, yeah, it's Richmond are proving a hard team to catch for myself. I've got to stay away from their games, I think. But, um, yeah, that third quarter was uh, 
was unlike Richmond. Um, Geelong were dominant. Um, they're also proving a bit of a hard team to catch. Geelong, they're a bit in and out. I'm um, not sure on their form either side of losing to Sydney. Um, doesn't look good in the form guide for Geelong either. So it'll be interesting to see how they back it up this week as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, the top teams just seem to be, uh, other than Melbourne, obviously the Bulldogs are going well. They're a bit up and down, a few of them, at the moment, even though we all know they're going to be there at the end of the year. But, um, yeah, I think Richmond's uh, Richmond's issue at the moment is just their midfield. The, um, re- the depth has really been tested now. Mm. I don't like Cochin out of their side. Um, and then when you add on, you know, Bolton's obviously going to miss now with his incidents during the week. Um, but then you've got, you know, Lamb at Pressy is still not back. There's some big holes in the middle now. So, um, yeah, Richmond have got some work to do. They've got two tough games ahead, so they wouldn't want to drop both of them. Mm. Uh, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, functional forward lines, or maybe last week, but the forward lines that seem to be clicking get the job done, don't they? Your cats. My cats. Yeah, your cats. <laughs> no, no, they were, um, yeah. I mean, what they kick? 50, I think they kicked 15 goals three between the three of them. Mm, Cameron Hawkins and Gary Ryan. Yeah, excellent work. So, um, yeah, they, they look really dangerous. Um, and uh, it's amazing when Geelong, they sw- flick the switch, um, m- quick ball movement. And I think that's how teams are starting to play Richmond. Mm. Uh, they don't want to allow the pressure to come to them. They've got to try and force through uh, the Richmond zone and not, absorb too much pressure and they move the ball very quick and you see how dangerous the cats can be with that uh, with that forward line they put on a big score mm, what'd you say move the ball quick geelong yes amazing isn't it what happens when you just change it up yeah it's not rocket science yeah they uh they're completely different to what they were showing early in the year and yep. they've definitely flicked the switch now gws and essen was a really interesting game i thought kyle hooker was probably one of the most unlucky um, well, non-recipients of a free kick. I th- thought he took the mark, and then it, I think there was like a bit of a whack at the head or the arms. I feel, I didn't have a bet in the game, but mm. I thought they were robbed, the Bombers, not to have it. It wasn't going to be a definite to kick that goal. He still was, you know, 40, 45 metres out, but yeah. I'm not sure how that didn't get paid. Yeah, I think it's... I think. I think it's, it happens a fair bit during the game. I think it was just more highlighted because it was right at the end of the game. Uh, things obviously get heightened late in games. Um but, yeah, hooker from 40-45, the ball still could have gone within a 50-metre radius, so it was definitely not a uh, Jeremy Cameron-like uh, result from the week before, uh, not being paid the mark. Um, whether it was there, it probably was, but I, I just think uh, whether the umpires are under direction or not, um, they're hesitant to pay big free kicks late in games, so you're really going to have to earn them, I think. Mm. GWS have turned their season around, four out of the last five. Going really well, yeah. Um, they no pushover. No, and they've still got a lot of injuries as well. So they've uh, their depth's been tested, um, and you know many, including myself, thought that they were uh, unlikely to play finals. Um, their next their next month of footy is going to test them. Um, they've got three really tough games. Um, so I'm, I still think they're more favourite to to finish ninth or tenth and finish eighth, mm. uh, especially with Sydney's draw. Um, you know, in the next five weeks, Sydney got a real chance to maybe go four and one and and really put their spot in the eight. Uh, to bed for the season. So I think the Giants are still up against it, but uh, they're definitely the ninth team running at the moment. Mm, they've got uh, Richmond, West Coast and Brisbane coming up now. Let's have a look at the hits and misses for round eight. We'll get some, some market moves there. Geelong were eight and a half into five and a half. So that's a hit. We've got GWS 13 and a half to 15 and a half. That was a miss. The Gold Coast line was uh, Pickham to two and a half. And that was a miss. Uh, the Gold Coast total, uh, this is an area that you love to play in, 160 to 169 was a miss. The Sydney line, 27.5 to 22.5, and, and that was a hit. Again, the Sydney total, 159 to 151. 
It's uh, it's landed 125 there. So that's another hit. The Hawthorne line, well, yeah, 16.5 to 9.5, big miss there. And then the Western Bulldogs total, 172 to 176, and it's gone 198, and that's a hit. I uh, I tweeted it out, and there was the bookie killing blues, I've, I've called it. Uh, Carlton had the doggies on the rack. And I tell you what, the the bookies around Australia would would have been absolutely howling. And it's not the first time that the Blues have let them down. They've been a costly side, I think, for the whole year for the uh, the bookmakers, the Blues. Yeah, can't get them across the line. Yeah, on the Sunday where all the favourites end up landing. Um, even though uh, Hawthorne were well-backed against West Coast, can't explain that one. Um, I'm not sure uh, even the best of modellers would have... Uh, found the money for the Hawthorne side there and that uh, went astray. But, um, yeah, all the favourites lobbying on the Sunday and they got Carlton up by uh, four and a half <laughs> goals. The bookies Sydney. are saying any chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can't get the job done, Carlton, and uh, they're costing a lot of people a lot of money this mm. year, I'm sure, in the betting circles. Uh, a good team to bet against uh, in the run, though. Be one of your favourite teams, the Blues. You love it. Mm, I haven't been uh, glued to the chair in the last couple of weeks, which is disappointing, but I'll, uh, I'll start to do that. But... I think the Blues. I've been against them and made good money out of them for the you know the first couple of weeks of this season. But uh, I think the tide is turning. I think they're they're finally getting their shit together. And the thing I didn't like about the Carlton Bulldogs game it was the the bond. The bond's taken the mark. I think twenty twenty five meters out, and there's just no one to, man on the mark. The concentration laps for that. That's just a cardinal sin for mine. Yeah, there was only four or five of them there in the contest as well. Um, just all walked away. <laughs> the game was over at that stage, <laughs> like time. mentally for Carlton. They dropped yeah. their bundle. Yeah, and and they're, they're, when you chart their um, goals against, they come in big bunches. Mm. I think they're the worst in the comp for leaking five or more straight. Um, so it's not, a, it's not a good look for the team. Um, and also what I didn't like, which um, the market did react and they probably didn't go far enough, was um, Teague came on in the pre-match interview and basically just said, we're going to try and outscore them. Um, and if the Bulldogs score over 100, we're going to try and score, you know, one more point over the 100. So that probably reflects a bit on maybe highlighting that with the bond on the mark that their defence set up mm. or they're not defence-orientated team, and maybe when that mark was taken, they're already thinking about, okay, we're going to get the ball out of the centre and let's try and score again. So um, I just think, you know, all AFL sides must have a balance. It's about two-way running, uh, having someone behind the ball and all like that. But at the moment, Carlton obviously just set up for all offence. Uh, <laughs> it's not working for them. Well, they haven't got the best forward line either. They're going to come unstuck to a lot of good sides. They did it on the weekend, but a side like Geelong could carve them up. Yeah. A side like Brisbane can cut them up. There's a lot of teams with potent forward lines. Yeah, Even I, Richmond. Yeah, I If think, you let them free run, you're in trouble. Yeah, well, I think uh, good sides always have that defensive edge. Um, they always say prem, uh, premierships one on the back of good defences, but... All the good sides have two-way running. They have balance as well. You can't just be all out, shoot out all the time because it's a tiring, taxing game, and that's why you see Carlton do drop off in, in times because they just run themselves into the ground by having so much running forward of the ball. So, um, you know, if you think Carlton of um, the tides turn, then it'll be a good test for you this week against Melbourne. Um, I tell you what, they, they want to show some defence against Melbourne because... Uh, you know, they could put up a number this week, Melbourne, on Carlton. Mm, I'm not too sure. I think the line of 23.5 is somewhat appealing there. Yeah, I, I think the line's right, but mm. I think Carlton's game style with Melbourne's defence, which yep. is, uh, uh, I think it's ranked one at the moment, um, 
Yeah, they won't let too many goals in, and Melbourne don't mind scoring themselves. So be an interesting game this week. Let's have a quick look at the bookie wrap uh, from last week. We've got uh, seven of nine favourites there, and then only two of nine covered the line. The totals, four of nine there. And then for the season, we're running at uh, 51 and 72, so a strong edge there. And the line's 36 and 72 at 50%, and the totals are sort of smack bang on 37 and 72 Still a bit of a question mark with me about these new rules. Is the game better? I'm still not convinced, MG. There are some big blowouts. There's half the games. I think it's just lopsided, open and free footy. Yeah. But I still don't think the game's in a better place for all these uh, Mickey Mouse changes that they've got. Yeah, well, I think I, I don't think the scoring. I mean, the scoring's only slightly improved. Um, but again, it's just the game style that the coaches kind of bring in with the setup. You know, you get a game last week. We had um, you know GWS at and Essendon both score over 100, and it's an attractive game to watch. Um, and then at the same time, you, you switch over and you watch Gold Coast and Kilda, um, and they total they match one of their side scores. So it, it was a horrendous um, game, the Gold Coast and Kilda game to watch compared to the other ones. So, um, you know, exactly the same rules, teams are similar, and, you know, the scoring is 100 points different. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's up and down. Hmm. Something uh, that's a little bit up and down or it brings us into the sting in the tail. And I tell you what, the deliberate out-of-bounds rule, we saw an absolute howl with Bontempelli in the Carlton game and then Cam Zerha was the shank into Ford 50. The umpires have got no feel for the game and they just love to be involved. We said it last week, they just can't stop themselves from getting involved in the contest. And here it is again, there's just no feel for the game. And I was buoyed by the fact that Brendan Goddard's put a bit of pressure on them to make the AFL umpiring a more professional gig. There's so much money in the game. Surely they can afford to make football, sorry, umpires go full-time and it might bring in a better quality of umpire because it is so important. And at the moment, mm. the fans are at boiling point and all the fluffy media shows, first crack and even on the couch, they're finally, they're finally critiquing the umpires because they're probably just up, up to the brim. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, this... It happens every week. I mean, it's just it's just crazy the inconsistency. They you know they seem to have rules of the week as well, mm. pushing the backwards. They've um, always done that though. I know, yeah, I know. But you wonder what goes around in um, during the week when they're being coached and their meetings that they have the umpires. You know, the AFL come out and say, well, you know, this week we'll pay all the pushing in the back that goes on. You know, they've they've completely dropped off the new rule that they made all the song and dance at the start of the year. Uh, players moving on the mark. Um, you know, anyone who wants to go back and watch all the replays from the weekend, watch how many players move off the mark. Mm. The umpires aren't even watching them anymore. Nah, so too it's, hard. Yeah, she's completely dropped off. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That, those two were shocking, the highlights. Um, you know, especially Bontempelli. Bontempelli actually directed his player uh, before he disposed of the ball where to go, and unfortunately that player changed directions. Bont kicks at 60 metres. Ball takes a left-hand turn out of bounds. Runs another fifteen and he gets paid delivered out of bounds. So it was um, a crazy decision. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure what the uh, the AFLs just. They just need to put the whistle away. The best thing about finals football is they yeah. let the game go on, and there's just too much over umpiring. Yeah, there's too many rules. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's another thing that there's too much of, and it's it's Eddie Maguire. All of a sudden he's relinquished his job of CEO of Collingwood. But he's out there whacking Koshy. He's got a beanie's bonnet about this jumper issue, which is a non-issue. I think if it's just it seems a bit of a marketing stunt and a PR stunt from both the AFL who have let it go on, and then Port who just keep fueling the fire, getting all the you know the hype while they're up the top, pointy end of the season to I guess you know try and get more of that um, 
South Australian crowd on board. But Eddie came out with an absolute doozy. More gambling dollars bet on the Melbourne on one Melbourne Stars match than the entire season of AFL. What are your thoughts on this one? Is that true or false, MG? You've been in the betting world for a yeah, long time. Not, not sure who's feeding you information. <laughs> I'd like to know which match of the Melbourne Stars that was. Um, maybe Eddie's not privy to uh, all the money bet in the AFL. He's also... Uh, he made comments in that uh, in that little segment that he was going on that uh, gambling in the AFL will s- soon start to happen overseas. Um, it's been happening for two decades. Uh, the bookies overseas just don't pay any taxes or anything like that on the, uh, you know. But all, all the international bookies uh, put up the Aussie rules, uh, especially in America, because uh, they get live matches fed into them. So uh, I know in my time over there, we we held pretty good money uh, where where I worked. Um, so you know, it's it's not a new betting form, uh, and the AFL. Betting market is a lot bigger than uh, than than Eddie thinks as well. Wasn't Collingwood the last club to have a, an integrity breach with the mobile phone scandal? Uh, with Collingwood's rap sheet, yeah, yeah. probably. I'm not, I'm not sure they. <laughs> what with the lockbox you mean a couple of weeks yeah. ago? Um, He's got a short memory, Ed, hasn't he? Yeah, control alt delete. It's very good, Ed. Yeah, I just, I just think again, this is the AFL just letting it go because they love they love when presidents are outspoken. Puts them again front and back page mm. news every every time you go to Fox uh, Fox Sports and all this kind of stuff. They're talking about either what Koshy's done now, or Eddie's done. Eddie uses his uh, commentary role now as a platform to fire back. He's representing Collingwood just as hard as he was yeah, uh, exactly. when he's not president as when he was. Um, so the lynch mob's disappointed because they've run him out of Collingwood, but he's still as loud as ever. If not. He's everywhere, and he's now commentating games, which is pretty lackluster as well. Oh, he's got to, he's, you know, he's he might there. need the coin he needs. You know, <laughs> he's, he's not a bad commentator as long as he's not commentating the Collingwood games. Um, but again, the AFL could put a stop to this real quick. But the, the jumper scenario, I think once the fans get sick of it, the AFL then, um, you know, they'll pull the pin and say, Let's, we've had enough of this issue now, we'll move on to the next one. Mm. Up next, we're going to talk more round nine AFL. We're going to talk buy, hold, sell. Mark is like Nostradamus in the uh, in the futures markets. He's been all over Petrarca. He's been all over the Bulldogs, the Bont. And I tell you what, as the season progresses, he's just getting more and more correct. So his early predictions are coming true. We've got NRL. We've got Top Rope Tedeschi. Magic weekend for Top Rope. He's going to probably plan himself out at Suncorp or just at the Caxton for the whole weekend. Every game at Suncorp, unbelievable. Hall of Fame, I tell you what, it's a hot week for the Hall of Fame and we're going to preview all the blockbusters for the NRL. And lock of the week, thank God, with the bulldozer, we're out of jail because we've raised $10,700 for raise.org. So we're off the hook. There's not much pressure now for raise.org.au, but we'll talk more about that next. But we are powered by punningform.com.au, Australia's best online form and betting database. Find your edge. If you're betting on the ponies, make sure you check out punningform.com.au. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG here. He's back from the bull, and it's it's round nine, AFL time, so it's time to back some winners. The first game we've got is Friday night. We've got St Kilda versus the Cats at the Dome, 7.50 p.m. The Cats are $1.40, Saints are $2.95, and the Lions $15.50. Into $1.85, the minus MG. We've been critical about the Cats, but they've turned the corner. Cameron has been the perfect tonic to all their blues. They're moving the ball much quicker. Now they've got the confidence of that functional forward line. Rowan, uh, Hawkins, Cameron, they're on fire, the Cats. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, we've, we've gone out and bet this line early. Um, 
I, I, I like the uh, I like the Geelong line they put up. I, I, yeah, I know I was against them uh, last week, but what I saw last week was as good as football as you'll see after half time. Uh, and I think Cameron's just slotted straight back in. He shows what good forward can do, and hopefully that's just changed Geelong's uh, game style a bit. That they know they got the confidence to go forward quickly. So um, I'm not sure where St Kilda are at at the moment. Um, and and I just think other than the dome, I think Geelong are a real good bet this week. Mm. I uh, I tend to agree. There's not much in the Saints form that I love at the moment, and yeah, it's it's hard to think that the dome won't suit the Cats. Yeah, I, I just think um, Geelong's defense will, won't allow St Kilda to score too much, um, and you know I think Geelong's midfield's probably going better now. Cam Guthrie's uh, playing probably his best football. Duncan's back in. I know they're still missing the danger field, but even Selwood's back. Um, you know, they, they really, uh, they destroyed Richmond in the midfield after half time, and I don't think St Kilda are going as well. Um, and I think if Geelong play uh, to 80, 90% of what they did last week, they'll cover this line. Mm. I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, we're skipping across to Richmond versus GWS, but my team are in the grand final this week against the Kangas. We've got Hawthorne versus North Melbourne, and there's a bit of a crisis going on at North Melbourne. They've got a stack of injuries, yeah. and they're struggling to field a side in the twos. Yeah, they went in uh, um, one short last week. Unbelievable. Um, and I think they're, they're, they're putting the ads in the paper to uh, to fill the back end of um, the reserves team for this week. Yeah, they've lost a few more. So you've got a lot of injuries, which is we, we've seen a um, pretty sharp move for, for Hawthorne early in the week. Mm. Uh, it's moved four or five points to the market, which is quite crazy. You think 17th versus 18th, and all of a sudden it's nearly a three-goal start to your Hawks. So, uh, they're hard to beat down there at Launceston, aren't they? Yeah, and I know you had to fill up last week at the ball, but um, you know you're a light. You're a brave. You're, bra- you're a brave man if you're investing in this game. Um, yeah, it's one I'm certainly going to leave well enough alone. But um, I think you should just cheer a moment. There's there's money to be made elsewhere. I think that's easier. Mm, I'll be uh, I'll be putting Hawks at the heads up dollar forty five <laughs> in a little multi. They got a really strong <laughs> record down at Launceston, but disappointed that you didn't have it as a blockbuster match. One of the best games to preview. But the next one I'm going to talk about is Richmond GWS at Marvel on Saturday night at seven twenty five. It's a uh, it's a huge match. Both eight eighth and ninth on the ladder. Hard to believe with Richmond. It feels like they're higher than that, but. Mm. They are really, really patchy, the Tigers, and I wonder when the bookies are going to stop putting their foot on them for the uh, for the futures markets. They uh, they need to show their yeah, their their balls and start to drift them. I think, but um, I don't think they will. Dollar hmm, dollar <laughs> fifty the Tigers, GWS two sixty, and the line has already been nineteen and a half into eleven and a half. MG. Yeah, I just think it's all starting to add up at the moment for Richmond. Um, you know, obviously the off-field dramas that we've had in the last uh, couple of days with uh, the uh, inc- with the incident. Yeah, they've lost Shy Bolton, who is uh, you know obviously if Martin just came back uh, the week before uh, last week, didn't play a great game. Bolton's been kind of carrying the can in the midfield. Um, what about Rioli? Uh, Rioli's probably not <laughs> not not a great loss. Uh, well, he's he'll play this week, but we don't know where you're he's savage at. on him though, aren't you? No, I'm fair. Fair. You think um, he's lucky to be getting a game, don't he you? He is lucky to be getting a game, yeah, no doubt. Um, I just think, you know, it, uh, they've got too many injuries at the moment, so uh, he's getting a game. His output's uh, pretty poor, actually, this year. And uh, I, I don't think it's a great look for players that are struggling to go out and uh, maybe be out a bit too late and, um, you know, find trouble. When, when you're having a bad trot, trouble normally finds you pretty easily. So, uh, you know, Rioli, probably the smarter move may have been just to go home a little early. But anyway, that's a side issue. I just think... Uh, 
I just think it's starting to catch up with Richmond a little bit just with the amount of injuries. You've got mm. five really good players out in the midfield. Yeah. Um, and coming up now against the Giants, um, that they got the tail up. Yeah, the midfield's going. They got some injuries as well. And um, they got Toby Green. He's one of the top three best players in the yeah, league, to- apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of the best top three. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean I'm a fan of Toby Green. I, mean, I, I tipped him as a smoky for the Coleman at yeah. the start of the year. Um, but some other shows reckon he's in the top three players. Yeah, well, that's yeah. They're yeah, having a bit of a joke. Yeah, well, there's a few players like Petrarca and Bont and a few others uh, might. Uh, have a different opinion, but anyway, uh, he's, he's a very good player. But um, no, I, di- I just think, uh, you know, obviously the line w- was where it at. I thought it was a, a touch too big, definitely, um, at the plus 19, plus 20. And obviously a bit of chaos, I think, snowballed. So 11 seems to be about right, um, you know, but I, I think there'll be plenty of money for the Giants. I, I can see this starting single figures mm. come game time. There'll be some old wounds for some of those GWS players from, from the embarrassment that Richmond have caused them over the last couple of years. So yeah. it'll tell you a lot about the resolve of the GWS team, I think. They've, they've got an opportunity to bury the Tigers here yeah. and really rub their nose in it. So if they turn up and dog it, especially in the first quarter, it's, no, yeah, it's it's now or never for GWS. Oh, I think the, I think the GWS will come in full of confidence. They're playing some good football. Uh, I know they only just got over Essen, but they had Essen's game. Uh, I thought in control pretty much all day um, and uh, got the job done. So they they won't fear Richmond. I think they, they've got to look at it as a really good opportunity. Uh, Richmond are wounded um, and Richmond now know they've got the next two weeks against Giants in Brisbane. Uh, the pressure's a bit on them because if they do go 0-2 and, and they end up 4-6, and 6, um, it's a fair way to come back now that virtually puts them out of the top four running. Mm. So. Match of the round is Port versus Western Bulldogs Adelaide Oval at uh, twenty to eight. There, a dollar sixty two power, two thirty the Bulldogs, seven and a half. A little bit of a nibble for the Bulldogs at the plus here with topsport.com.au. Second v third on the ladder, Marcos. Yeah, absolute cracker. Um, and at Port Adelaide as well, so mm. the Bulldogs will really enjoy the challenge going over there. Um, proves a very hard place to win at. Be a packed house. Um, you know, we've got um, second and third best defences. Bulldogs have got the best offence. So um, they'll be tested from everywhere, both sides here. And I think they'll be both looking forward to it. Really see where they're both at. Um, and a lot to gain for the winner, I think. Um, no lyset in the ruck for Port? Massive loss. Massive mm. loss, yeah. And obviously the next month, Port Adelaide have got some testing games as well. Um, they play some pretty good ruckmen, um, Grundy being one of them. Um, yeah, this is a big game for Port. And I think the Bulldogs would go in freewheeling. Um, Hunter, Hunter is a loss for the Bulldogs as well. Definitely not the same loss as Lysette is for Port. Um, but no, this will be this will be definitely a game to watch and hopefully uh, they get good weather. It's not too slippery and we can see the full skills on display. Mm, I haven't really made my mind up how I'm going to play this game. What, how are you suggesting to bet here? No, I think it's tight. I think, I think the market's pretty much right at the moment. Um, you know, we'll wait for teams to come out and see how the weather plays. But, yeah, if you're going to bet in this game, I, I hope and I think it'll be a, um, a pretty tight contest. So if you're going to bet in this game, I'll be looking to the margins, uh, 1 to 39 either side. Mm. Or, you know, I think for more value even than 1 to 24, I hope, it, I hope this is a really good game and it, it comes down to a close finish, which I think it will be. Mm. Sunday we've uh, we've got the Melbourne-Carlton game at uh, 20 past 3 at the MCG. Yeah, the line has moved a touch against me. <laughs> Melbourne twenty two and a half to twenty three and a half. One twenty seven the D's three seventy five Carlton. They shit the bed last week against the <laughs> Bulldogs. Really uh, turned it up. The bookie killers, the Blues. 
Yeah, they might. Maybe they do the same again this week because Melbourne, uh, Melbourne don't mind uh, finishing strongly either. Um, there's, I, I just can't make a case for Carlton. I'm, I'm not saying. I think the line's about right in terms of uh, a two-way betting market around that four-goal mark, but um, you know it's hard just at the moment to stack things up to make a solid case for Carlton actually winning the game. Mm. Um, definitely, they can be competitive around the line. I'm not going to dispute that. Um, just the way I see this game at the moment, I think Melbourne are rolling. Um, and I think they're really going to set themselves up for a 10-0 going into the Bulldogs in round 11. Uh, and I just think Melbourne's mindset might be a bit different. They now maybe believe they are they're one of the best sides, yeah. and that, I, I just can't imagine that them letting Carlton uh, put one over them. Um, so I'm just going to go the other way, not against you necessarily. I, I don't know why all of a sudden you've woken up this morning and jumped on Carlton with uh, all the favours that uh, they've done against <laughs> you. But I just think Melbourne's... Uh, Midfield's just so dominant at the mm. moment, and I think that's uh, the weakness for Carlton. Um, other than Walsh, um, I just think they'll get dominated out of the middle, and uh, their forward lines up and about. Um, they'll just kick too many goals for Carlton, in my opinion. Mm. At uh, the, the, the market there, one hundred and sixty-two and a half. The total looks pretty lean for a side that's just coming out and said, "Oh, we're just going to attack." Yeah, the well. Yeah, I do. I think it's on the low side, um, but there is a weather watch on the game. Mm-hmm. Just uh, Melbourne's uh, got some rain around this weekend. Um, so, but that being a Sunday game, I'd just probably hold off on the total for now. Um, but it look, it, you know, if they don't get any rain, um, it's low and it'll go over. So it's a wait and see, I think, on the total. But that that's probably the involvement in the game for me. Yeah, outstanding stuff. If you want to hear more of uh, Mark's thoughts or get more of his action play-by-play across all matches, make sure you sign up to AFL Stings in the Little Birdie Shop. Now it's time to talk uh, buy, hold, and sell. This is where we talk futures markets, and it feels like the, this market has not moved in the last month. We've, we're talking about the AFL Premiership market first. We've got Melbourne Demons, 550, Port Adelaide, 550, the Tigers, 550, $6 Western Bulldogs, $6.50 the Cats, Brisbane Lions, $9. They got to about 13 West Coast Eagles, 11 Then GWS and everyone, $31 or better. Very, very stagnant. Someone just needs to have a bit of an opinion here and take a couple of sides on. I said that uh, the Tigers would be the one that I'd be rolling out. They should be around $7. But, again, they've got a lot of injuries. Thoughts here? Yeah, Marcos. You know, we, we've said this for the last couple of weeks now. I just think, um, you know, I think not. I'm not saying the final eight set. I think it is pretty close though. Um, and a few a uh, few people around have said, you know, I think round eight's uh, kind of been a key um, round in the history for saying not much changes for the final eight, and that is true. Um, and I think there's possibly only the best at one change. So I don't think too much is going to change in the premiership market. Um, but. I, I, you know, if I was betting right now and I didn't have any tickets in the game, I, I just think uh, both Brisbane at nine dollars and West Coast at eleven. I know they're the outsiders of the group. Um, I just like the way both of them are tracking with the home ground advantage, um, and and they'll get some players back as well, especially West Coast. Um, I don't mind West Coast. I, I think they're um, you know no means a lock for the top four, but the way they're tracking and the way the season pans out with the players they got to get back. I would say West Coast are likely to finish in the top four, so I just think maybe they're the value if I was if I was pinching anyone this week. Mm, they uh, they can't travel though. A couple of weeks ago, they got absolutely smashed by Geelong. True, um, but you know if if they if they win enough games, land in the top four, and they play home finals, good luck going over there and trying to beat them. Mm, I think uh, the side that I still love the Western Bulldogs ticket early in the year. I think Brisbane are good. 
just shattering that uh, Cam Rayner isn't uh, isn't around for the Lions, and then Lockie Neal obviously is injured at the moment. But uh, I think the Western Bulldogs haven't lost anything, so I'm going to uh, stick solid there. Now the Brownlow Medal, Kristen Petrarca. You first tipped him up at nineteen dollars. He's now favourite four ninety at Top Sport, odd price, but let's <laughs> run with that anyway. Why isn't it five dollars, Tristan? Marcus Bontempelli at five forty. Why isn't it five fifty? Dustin Martin, $8. McCluggage, $12. His spin blind turn that's been through the press in the last couple of days was absolutely scintillating. He has lifted this side. He lifted them against the Blues. He is just an absolute freak. In any sort of pressure, he finds a way to evade it, and then his disposal out of pressure is unbelievable. He's got to be a smoky for the brown, I think, for sure. Sam Walsh, $13. He's come from nowhere uh, in the betting. Sam Walsh, $13. Boak, $13. Ollie Wines, $15. Uh, Clayton Oliver, 17, Max Gorn, 18, and Mr. Accuracy, Nat Five, $18. Yep. Hmm, uh, hard to really have a bet if you're already on Petrarca at $19, Mark, but uh, and the Bont. You Bont, I think, yeah. was your preseason tip, 13 into 5, so you, you're very good at this market. Is there any big lay or back at the moment? Yeah, I, um, I'm i still a lay of Dusty Martin. I know he, he mm. polled a few games early, and he's starting to get out in the market. I think we started laying him around the 450 about a month ago, and he's starting to edge out. Um, and I just think with Richmond, with a couple of tough games coming up, may not get the wins either. Um, I think Martin's just well underpriced compared to the top two especially uh, at $8. And... Um, you know, Sam Walsh, I definitely can't have at $13. Um, I know he's playing some good football, but Carlton aren't winning any football games if you have a look at their fixture. Uh, so I'm not sure where the votes are coming from. Mm. Um, and to have him at fifth favourites, um, a bit strange for mine. Uh, Media if, all over him, so that's... Yeah, it's good. You can play, yeah, you can play high-level consistent losing sides and see how many votes you get. So it's not <laughs> it's not rocket science in the Brownlow. Um, they only give out a 3-2-1. Um, so some of the media awards where they go out of 10 and then someone mm. consistently keeps getting the sevens or the sixes, looks like they're going well. But at the end of the day, when it comes to three, two, one, um, they go missing. Um, you know, if I was having one bet this, this week at, at value outside the top two, and I wouldn't turn off, keep going with Petrarca and Bont because at the moment, um, they're starting to be dominant. And I know McCluggage is coming, um, and, and I wouldn't turn you off him as well, the two port guys. But if I was having one bet this week, I'd probably look around Oliver around that $17 mark. I think he's uh, Some value. He's going well and, and why Melbourne look like they might win the next couple. There's They're going to finish top four. There's only three blokes getting votes really mm. week in, week out. So um, I, I think Petrarca and, and Oliver are tracking really well. So, yeah, I think at the value maybe Oliver um, and, and I'd – I'd lay Martin and, and Walsh in that market. Mm. The next one we're going to talk about is a common metal market. we Harry McKay, Mackay, $2.20 favourite, Texas Walker. We've been against him. Well, you've tipped him up for a few weeks in a row and then we've said he's far too short in this market. $4.80, Jack Rewalt, 7 Josh J. Kennedy, 9 Tom Lynch, 10 Darling, 11 Tom Hawkins, 13 Joshy Bruce, $15.00. And that'd be about the chances. I don't think anyone can win from outside there. Not tipping out anyone. Yeah, there's some big, big uh, boys behind the top two. Um, Maybe Jeremy Cameron at twenty one dollars. Yeah, I think Jeremy Cameron's uh, smoky. Yeah, yeah. He's he, we were talking about him this morning. He's uh, he's going to give him a few matches head start, but I think he's already at fifteen. I think mm. somewhere around there. Um, he's you know in a in a good. If you side, like the cats to finish, yeah, strongly. Yeah, twenty one dollars isn't crazy. No, no, you don't have to have much on either. No. Um, yeah, if I, yeah, I, 
you know, I was going to say, if, if you're having a bet, I think him, uh, he, he'll give you a good side anyway. Um, I think the favourites are too short. Mackay at 220, I know he's, he's going okay, but... You he's know, still bit, wobbly. If it like, comes to the last couple of rounds and he just has to kick well, three snags, yeah. he's already got some head noise. And well, they had Tex Walker in at 275 a fortnight ago. Carlton will do everything. if the, They're not really a contender at the moment, Carlton. So yeah. they'll do whatever it takes to get him the ball if he's within the ball's roar of the Coleman. But yeah. that head noise will will be scary. Um, he can't yeah, back. He's a not, not a backhaul price at 220. No. No, scary I think uh, I, no, I think it should be much closer to four dollars <laughs> the field at least. Um, and Tex Walker's, you know, he, he got off to a fiery start, but Tex Walker might not finish in the top five for mine. So he's he's still a lay. I'd just be laying the top two, and if you like someone uh, behind him, Speckham. Yeah, and if you like Cameron at twenty one, we'll see how that goes. Have a couple of dollars on Cameron at twenty one. We'll come back and discuss in a month or six weeks' time. See how close he is, <laughs> Marcos. Ah, that's uh, that's our wrap for AFL this week. We're brought to you by topsport.com to hear they're Australia's biggest betting bookie. Make sure you give them a chance. They've been in the game for 35 years, but with a bookmaker you can trust, bet with topsport.com.au. Up next, we've got Nick Tedeschi with the Hall of Fame. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting through the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got uh, MG here with us, and it's time to talk Hall of Fame with Top Rope Tedeschi. We single out someone every week that's done something fabulous or fantastic for the punt. Welcome to the show, Top Rope. Uh, Scooty, MG, great to be back. Great to see the uh, the ball hasn't swallowed you, MG. And great to see working hard hasn't got the best of you, Scooty. <laughs> Yeah, one of us was working and the other one was socialising, masquerading as work. <laughs> someone, someone's got to do it. I drew the short straw. Mm. How, how did the two-up go? That's the most important thing to know. Yeah, was it was there two-up? Was the uh, last week's uh, Hall of Fame nomination was the bull side alley markets? Was there was there some yeah. side action in the the two-up game at the end? Yeah, of the I races? did. I actually had a chuckle when uh, it did start up next to us, uh, probably about five minutes after the last and. Uh, I, I actually didn't see too much of it top row because I got dragged away doing some work. Uh, it was dragged into a uh, marquee just planning for next year. Um, but it was quite funny. It was it was a good five minutes after the last. Everybody was celebrating uh, Zara delivering the last winner. And the guy had the coins. He had the flipper. <laughs> uh, it was a good 20, 30 people. <laughs> 20, 30 people circling when I uh, waltzed off to uh, have a drink. But um, I don't know how big it got or how long it lasted. But uh, it never fails. Whoever brings it. Uh, we'll have to get him That's on the show. That's outstanding, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Whoever the uh, the yeah the two up coin flipper is from Warnable, make yourself known, and uh, we'll probably pay you fine. I'm tipping the COVID police would have been all over him yeah. down there. There's a big police presence <laughs> yeah, everywhere we'll, in uh, Daniston. We'll, we'll get him in the marquee for next year, I think. <laughs> Start our own uh, yeah. side alley action now. Jamie Carr's already in the Hall of Fame. Cam Munster, Melbourne Storm. They're all just auto bets. I'm talking about auto bets, but I'm talking about Hall of Famers. And I tell you what, I've got a nominee for this week, and so does MG. MG? Well, you can't go past the Fox, can you? Six tries. We're so pro-Melbourne pro Storm <laughs> at the moment. Top ropes considering moving down to Melbourne. But uh, Jamie Carr goes out and rides fives. The early, He's already in. The early lead. He's already in the He's hall. already in. That's how good she's going. And then we said, surely Top Rope can't find anyone to beat the Fox. 71 years of history, lazy six. Top Rope, are you trumping I, it? I actually, I, I might just interject first. Oh, no. I think I've got one. Oh, no. In the uh, in the bulldozer stream, there was a, a user called St. PVL. I've got no idea who he is, but I love where his head's at already. 
He's obviously taken the piss. We put up $500 bets in for charity. Mug punter landed one. I think it wogger at about you know, $5.50 or $4 or something like that or $6 into $4. So he got the chocolates for charity. But he was trumped. He was trumped by St. PVL who had $500 on a $16 winner at Pinjara of all places to take our charity balance, raise.org.au, who you'll know from Lock of the Week, to 10725 St. PVL, whoever this mysterious person from the YouTube chat on the Bulldozer stream, he's got to be Hall of Fame. But I'll tell you what, the Fox, he might have just found the wrong week. Top rope? It's a big week for Hall of Fame <laughs> nominees because I was going to throw up a couple. I was going to throw up one real out, real out wide uh, European Tour winner, Gary Kigo, who's won twice in three weeks. May have been on him both weeks. So I have a real fondness for the fella at 40s and 15s. So, uh, he's certainly done me well, but I'm not sure whether he's done the wider public well. So we'll, we'll, we'll put, we'll put self-interest to one side for, for just one second. Uh, the other nomination I was going to throw up was gold medals. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. What, what a heroic win at the Bull. Yeah. What, a, what, what just a Bull champion. And... This would, of course, make it the first couple to be in the Hall of Fame if we put gold medals in. Clayton Douglas, of course, the trainer, and Jamie Coe, his partner, already in. But I, I, you know what? PVL is never going to get in while you are around, sweetie. <laughs> so you know what? Let's put St. PVL in. This is as close as we're going to get for the great man. And if and if I know if I know PVL, it probably was PVL himself just getting in there, <laughs> calling himself St. PVL, firing off winners. But that's all Pete PVL does. Hit winners. So, uh, St. PVL, welcome to the Hall of Fame. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. St. PVL got the balance for charity over the 10K mark. $500 on a $16 winner at Pinjara. It just sat out. I think it's just bounced to the first couple of pairs and it hit the line like it was a $3 chance. It was a sensational scene. So, welcome to the Hall of Fame, St. PVL. And Nick Tedeschi's just touched on something big. That's next week. I think it's the US Open of Golf. So, I think it's time to do another, uh, another golf podcast, top rope. PGA Championship. PGA. Oh, PGA Championship. Definitely. Yeah, in America. I, I love that golf podcast as much as anything, Scooty. It was wonderful chat. So uh, let's do it. Let's get more more golf chat. Big Daddy. Mm. So we'll get Big Daddy back and we'll have a standalone uh, golf podcast for the major. Now, top rope, there's a fair bit going on up in NRL land. Uh, I've heard this these murmurings about the NRL going from halves to four quarters to stop this mounting injury pile. Is this a load of hogwash or what? Uh, the NRL can't. <laughs> Heaven forbid the game just, just sticks with the same set of rules for, for one consecutive year. Um, no, nah, I, I think it is a little bit of hogwash. I'd be very surprised if it, if it went uh, if it went into quarters. They've, they've tried so hard over the last four or five years to bring fatigue back into the game. So it would be kind of stunning if they, they, they went to quarters. So... I'd, I'd be be surprised. I think this is just another uh, loopy idea that's been kind of yeah set up the flagpole, soon to be shot down. Mm. Another uh, another funny issue is PVL has buried a 2009 expansion report, and all of a sudden the Gold Coast Titans CEO is uh, is not real happy about it. Top rope. Well, here's a tip: the Gold Coast Titans have, uh, have been on the uh, teeth of the NRL. For about the last seven or eight years, so the Gold Coast Titans CEO should 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 worry about trying to trying to spin a dollar for the Gold Coast, if you ask me. So uh, they're an absolute clown show of a club. There we go. I've got too excited. <laughs> We've lost the camera. <laughs> this is what happens when people go on PBL. We get a bit worked up. Uh, expansion is entirely necessary in the NRL. Like 
as great as the game is, the, the team, the game needs one, a second team in Brisbane, and two, to expand its footprint. The game needs to be in Perth. As simple as that. So, uh, and all, there's all this all this talk around, is there the talent to, to get by? Who cares? As long as there's an extra game to bet on on the weekend, <laughs> an extra game to watch, we'll be fine. Let's not be let, let's not be pressured about this. Like like people watch the game because of the stand, and if and if one game, here's a tip: Canterbury are in the competition. That's about <laughs> third grade level at the moment. Why they're playing? So, but let's not get let's not get too pressured about this stuff. Yeah, eighteen teams, national competition. That's what the game is. I tell you what, NRL, the rugby league, they're slipping. Thursday night football, where is it? Where is it? I MG? Believe. I don't know. I, I couldn't believe it. it was true. And they're all played in the one venue this week and they but haven't got a Thursday Suncorp night. Suncorp Stadium, why not just pull the trigger on Thursday? All of a sudden, you've just had a big edge over AFL and you're just giving it up. PVL. Nah, it, it's back next week. Magic weekend. They just, they just three straight days of rugby league at Suncorp. You buy a ticket, you're there for eight games. How good is that? That is a genius idea. They've done it in the UK for about oh, the last decade. It's a wonderful idea. The fans will be there. Double header Friday night, triple header Saturday and Sunday. Outstanding stuff. We'll be back to Thursday night footy next week. And to be fair, they probably knew I was going to the knife. I may not be conscious on Thursday night, so uh, <laughs> well played to PBL. Always looking after the Ted, so. <laughs> oh, I think next year we might have to go up for Magic Round and just strap ourselves in, lock ourselves in a penthouse and just do, I don't know, like some yeah. sort of live what betting. What, what about a stream? What about an NRL in-play stream? That's what we need, Magic Weekend. Sports betting stream, just we'll have go to, check, to woe. Have to check health insurance if it's uh, the backup after the bull. What a two weeks that'd be. <laughs> Shit. Mate, you do it on your ear. Now, uh, Bellamy's been, uh, he's done a bit of a, a raid up at uh, Broncos. He's found a bloke, Xavier Coates, signed him. Yeah, the only decent Broncos player. So well done to, 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 to Bellyache and the Storm. Oh, that's a massive blow to the Broncos. Just the latest massive blow to uh, to that ordinary ordinary club. Uh, he's a great movie. He scored eight tries in nine games this year. He's, he's a big boy. He's he, he's fast. Uh, he, 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 you know what? He's playing well for the Broncos. So imagine how well he's going to do it with Storm. He'll be the other side of Josh Adokar next year. Oh, so Adokar's born. He'll be replacing Josh Adokar next year. So he will uh, uh, probably be their, their, their number one try scoring option next year, Xavier Coates. So, uh, and if you have a look at the history of Storm wingers, they score a lot of tries. So... Uh, I'll be I'll be very confident he's up for a big big year and a big representative future if he stays down there at Melbourne. Mm. The uh, the Melbourne Storm are enjoying themselves and I loved uh, I loved a little post a little four a.m. Instagram post with uh, hectic cheese Brandon Smith and Munster. They were sculling. It looked like pots or pints or schooners or whatever you guys have up there. I know it's different to down here, but it looked like they were playing the uh, the tradies uh, computer, the old uh, poker machines. The tradies' laptop, sorry. Uh, Munster and Brandon Smith out at 4 a.m. just sinking beers after the uh, the Storm and the Rabbits game, whereas down here in AFL land, they've gone out and just gone fisty cuffs, Shy Bolton and uh, Daniel Rioli. They just do it much better, don't they, the NRL boys on the drink, or do they? Oh, oh of course they do. Uh, I've got a question for you. How many times can we put Cameron Munster into the Hall of Fame? Because <laughs> bloody hell, this bloke could be a seven-time Hall of Fame if this, if this behaviour continues. <laughs> he's he's, the, just pre- he's the president. Isn't he the great man? He's, he's the president uh, of the uh, Hall of Fame. <laughs> he's, he's, he is a throwback to a different era, these two, both of them. Like, old school footballers who play hard, they're very good at their job, they get on the drink, they have fun, they take the mickey out of the coach, they always perform, oh, I think, absolutely fantastic. I absolutely love those two. And 
There's a little bit of a rumour going around that uh, Hectic might be uh, at the Bulldogs next year. As much as I would love him at the Bulldogs, I don't want to see that smile wipe from his face. I just pretty smile with the storm something. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would want to leave the storm, but uh, yeah, Xavier Coates going to the storm is amazing. Just a oh, wow, what a replacement for the Fox Odo car. And what have Parramatta done? They've um, they've shit the bed with COVID. They're in trouble this week, haven't they? <laughs> Uh, absolutely idiotic. So the NRL uh, advised all clubs to not play the fringe first graders who didn't get a run last week in the New South Wales Cup, the reserve grade competition up here. Uh, every club did that. Uh, Parramatta did not. Now, in fairness to Parramatta and in fairness to the bookies, they left the line at the four and a half when it should have been 20 and a half, as you would have got on the little birdie, little birdie check route last week. So it was a massive bet. So thanks very much, Parramatta, for the fill-up. But now they're short of players this week because we had a couple suspended. One due possibly out to concussion and they can't get anyone to the state. So uh, they've named 17 players. They can't all train. Uh, it's unclear if they're going to be allowed to, to play this week, including a debutant, Jacob Arthur, son of the coach. So uh, I love that. I love, though, that uh, he, he lives with his dad, who's the coach, who's obviously in contact with the entire team. <laughs> but he, he himself is not allowed to see him. So uh, classic, uh, classic NRL COVID rules there. Oh, outstanding stuff. And that line's already on the move. The Warriors uh, eight and a half into seven and a half against Parramatta on Sunday at Suncorp. It won't be a game we're previewing, but uh, I thought they'd bring that to light. We're going to take a short break uh, and come up with the uh, the round 10 NRL players, all the big blockbusters. But uh, make sure you support our supporting sponsors, topsport.com.au. They're Australia's biggest betting bookie. Book with a bet with a bookmaker. You can trust bet with Top Sport. But we'll, uh, we'll come back and we'll preview round 10. Welcome back to the Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got MG here. This is a uh, unique look in the world of sports betting through the eyes of professionals. And top rope Tedeschi, he's on fire, Mr. 10%. He's just crushing away at that little margin over the NRL season. So make sure you check out the GGOA and get his full set of tips uh, in the Little Birdie Pod store. Now, top rope, the first match that we're going to have a look at, Friday night football. And firstly, let's talk about Suncorp Stadium Magic Round. Uh, they've got 15 to 35 mil today, which is Wednesday, but then it should dry out really, really nicely, shouldn't it? And fit like for nice and fine weather for the rest of the uh, rest of the week. Yeah, normally the fastest track in the NRL, uh, typically a very, very much an overs ground. Uh, it can be a slight look on the on the weather, but it is expected to dry out. If there's no more rain, it will definitely dry out. So, and I'm anticipating a lot of overs. Uh, you have to play a little bit by ear this week. Uh, if the ground does start chopping up, that is going to have an impact by. Kind of the late Saturday, Sunday games come around, but uh, I, I think it'll be you know, it, it, it's the best ground in Australia, any sport. So, uh, Suncorp, great track. I expect it'll be in perfect mix. Friday night, six o'clock, we got West and Knights. The Knights are favourite, dollar fifty. West Tigers, two sixty, and the line's gone from four and a half to five and a half. The uh, the total there's forty three and a half. Thoughts here, top rope. Uh, thoughts are this is an awful, awful game to start Magic Weekend. So, uh, <laughs> no idea why this one's opening. It. Absolute stinker of a match. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm expecting the Tigers will have a late change. I'm expecting their, their quote unquote star halfback, at least their most highly paid halfback, uh, Luke Brooks, uh, will be dropped this week. I uh, think there's a bit of funny buggers going with the, the team namings. Uh, the, the reserve. Red half, Jock Madden has been named to uh, in the 14 jersey. Adam Dewey's been moved to the centres. I think that's just Michael McGuire saying, hey, look at this shiny object. We're not going to drop Luke Brooks. Luke Brooks will be dropped this week. 
Madden will play. Uh, that's a that should really you would expect that will sharpen up. That's a real rocket up the backside of the Tigers. If Brooks gets dropped, anyone can get dropped. So, uh, I'll, I'll bet the Tigers here as an outsider. To be fair, though, I have no idea. Two ordinary teams who are going nowhere. Fantastic insight there. The uh, the other Friday night clash is Manly Seagulls versus the Broncos. So we've got a really short away favourite here with uh, Manly Seagulls dollar thirty seven. The Broncos three dollars ten. The line is eight and a half. It's already moved half a point, and the total forty five and a half. MG's already uh, tipping the over here. Tommy Turbo no tackle. Manly, geez, they're scoring a lot of points and conceding a fair few too. Manly top rope. Yeah, over is a great bet in this one. I'll be backing the overs in this one for sure, and I'll be backing the Broncos at the big plus. Uh, Broncos go, you know, Broncos have been a sneaky good team in this spot. Uh, they've covered six of their last seven at Suncorp, five straight at Suncorp, getting more than a converted try. Covered 14 of 21 at Suncorp of a loss. Uh, look, Manly have, have won four of their last five, but they can see 32 against the Warriors last week. Mm. So, uh, you know, they're hardly flying on, on, on that front. So, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty happy to bet the Broncos here. I, I agree completely with the kid here. I think this will be a super high-scoring game. Uh, these guys have a, a fairly big history of, of high-scoring matches. So uh, the Broncos are a big over team uh, at Suncorp and mainly are a big over team on the road and off a poor defensive showing. So uh, overs and Broncos plus for me. Mm, nice time to back them too. Uh, the flat eight has just drifted to eight and a half, so maybe snap that up and get that uh, that magic eight running for you. The next game is Cronulla Sharks versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Oh, fool's gold here. Maybe $1.38, the Rabbits, they're depleted. Uh, Cronulla, three oh five, and the line is a flat eight, and the Sharks have been nibbled here. 180, the, uh, the plus eight, and the Bunnies are even money, the minus eight, 43 and a half. And it's at 5.30 at Suncorp again. Uh, they're depleted, Scooty, but they're not coached by Josh Hanna, so I'll be on to the bunnies <laughs> one safe here. Uh, Adam Reynolds back is Adam Reynolds back is a huge in. South, uh, the Sharks have just thrown it away. Getting rid of Josh Morris, they've lost four straight. They've conceded 40 in their last two. Uh, I'd say last week's 15 uh, loss to the Storm for South was an aberration. I'd say the Sharks' 48 loss to Penrith shows exactly where they're at. So... Uh, I I do like teams who, who have been uh, off conceding 50, uh, particularly the favourites. So I, I think the South will get the job done as long as Reynolds plays. He's been named. Uh, wouldn't be jumping into this early. Uh, very keen on the over in this one too. Though. The, the Sharks have gone over in 10 straight interstate games. They're, they're over off a bad defensive showing. Rabbits are a big, big over team when they're on the road, away from ANZ, particularly as a big favourite. So uh, South's an over in this one. Obvious silly question here, but has the coach sacking at Cronulla been a big backfire? Has it? It's not worked for them, has it? They, he was a popular guy. He was a popular guy, and he had yeah. They were a pretty ordinary roster, and they were they were, they were lifting for him. Josh Allen has given him nothing. He was he was ordinary as an interim coach of the Cowboy last year. Uh, yeah, whether this works long term, different kettle of fish when it comes to Craig Fitzgibbon. But I I I, I still don't understand why they blew up a season where. They weren't in a bad spot, Sharks. So uh, it's backfired completely for them. Mm. The uh, the Sydney Roosters have been backed early. They're uh, they're playing at uh, seven forty five on Saturday night. One twenty seven. The Roosters North Queensland three eighty, and the line there has moved eleven and a half to twelve. Forty three and a half the total there. Top rope thoughts. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the the, the angle here that the elite teams from last year 
against the bottom feeders. They've covered 15 and 21 this year, and I'm happy about the Roosters. Look, they've got a ton of injuries. They've lost a couple more. Drew Hutchison uh, have punctured lung a lot, the, the latest to be sidelined. But this team still has James Tedesco. They've got a back line with, full of representative players. They've got Sam Walker, the best round player in the game. And they've got a hard-nosed forward pack. They've got seven internationals on the side. The Cowboys are absolute pus. I will be backing the Roosters and backing <laughs> them uh, with a fair bit of confidence. Mm. What uh, Just before we go, Top Rope, what do you think about... Uh, so Munster's out this week. Bit of money around for the Dragons at the plus. Yeah, I was pretty happy I jumped in early to the minus 21 and a half before the team news <laughs> came out. So, uh, well, well, well played there. Uh, I was super careful. I, I, I would have bet the Storm uh, up, to, up to minus 30 with all the players in. Uh, obviously, the team, they're, they're, they're three huge outs. They've lost both the hookers, Smith and... Uh, and Harry Grant, which I think is is actually more important than the loss of uh, Munster in this one. Uh, uh, there will be a reshuffle to the side. Kenny Bromwich will not play hooker. I expect Nico Hines to play hooker. Uh, MG's man, the Pat, to come back into a, uh, the fullback role. Uh, I think the Storm will still win pretty comfortably, but you know, confidence is is obviously tarnished with those three players out. So slightly in the minus, still would be jumping into the plus, but yeah. You're looking at a, 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 a major reshuffle, so yeah, you've, you've got to be pretty tempered with Hebert this one. Mm. Yeah, we saw what uh, the big ch- or big structural changes made at South Sydney, and they were run off the park. But yeah, well, Storm's ball handling skills in the wet last week was a sight to behold. So yeah, I'd still think the uh, the Storm can fall over line. They're one of our auto bets. We might even rename the whole show the uh, the Melbourne Storm Show. Now, another segment we've been uh, we're still struggling with, but uh, on board by St PVL, we've got the uh, 10k in the bank for raise.org.au. They provide mentors for kids that are going down the wrong path. So a big thanks to the guys in the Bulldozer Stream for all their hard work and the charity bets there. Hat tip to them, and we're making a meal of trying to get these lock of the weeks to the magical five thousand dollar mark. So at least something is going to charity there, but. Uh, Top rope, Storm, yes, last week. Canary Bulldogs let you down, plus 10.5. They got wiped off the park. You're back down to $200. Scooty, he uh, he had Port, well, that's me, Port, Western Bulldogs, Storm, and then uh, the Brisbane Lions with a venue change. So I got a slight deduction there. So my 200 turned into 497, and MG's nodding his head. He's up and about. Uh, he left out the Tigers, so he had GWS who fell in into the uh, into the Saints three hundred and eighty at two seventy five. So he's got a thousand and forty five to play with. But uh, top rope, let's go to you first for your lock of the week if uh, if you're still interested. Oh, I'll tell you what, <laughs> these kids, it's going to be a tough life. Now I'll tell you what, they're not getting much cash, but they're losing valuable life lessons right now. So if you're listening, kids, gambling's tough, life is tough. Just knuckle down. <laughs> Uh, I've got a four-league four multi to try and play. <laughs> so, so, so this is sure to go well. Uh, straight up, Raiders, Rabbits, Roosters, Storm, $2.33. Raiders, Rabbits, Roosters, bit of alliteration there, and then the Storm? Storm. And Storm at $2.33. The Drifting Storm. MG? Yeah, I can't back the storm. Uh, <laughs> You're not allowed. I'm, no, I'm <laughs> AFL only, but uh, I'm just going to uh, – yeah, I think this week's a bit tougher, so I'm just going to have a, uh, a treble head-to-head. Uh, Brisbane at 132, uh, Melbourne at 127, and West Coast at 110. So it's 184. 
184. Uh, and a win will see me closing in on the 2K barrier, which I don't think has been touched yet. So, mm. you know, and then I might be only one or two hits away from well, the magic mark. It feels like we're all all close, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure something will. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Will... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't. <laughs> oh. One of us will get there. We'll one get one there. of us will get It'll to the $5,000 five, the five mark. It feels like I've just taken off in the annual and that first jump is looking <laughs> yeah. very big. So how... <laughs> When I get to the Tozer Road double, I know I'm in all <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hopefully there's a bit of gold medals about one of us. But uh, I'm going to take the Cats to beat the Saints. It's Geelong. Uh, Brisbane Lions, to they'll beat the Suns. The West Coast Eagles will beat the Crows. And surprise, surprise, Cootie's put in his storm at $1.17 <laughs> now, which is absolute luxury. So I'm going to have my uh, $4.97 at $2.37 on that, uh, that gift, that four-leg multi. So I think it's going to be... Uh, Smooth sailing maybe this week for one or all, all of us. Yeah, we'll all get it together. Mm. We'll toil away all year and then we'll, we'll land them at the end, I think. so. Top rope, good. fantastic stuff from you. And make sure you flag this uh, this magic round up at Brisbane. Now, I couldn't think of anything better than uh, a little bit of, oh, well, then you've got the Doombin 10,000 this week. Imagine how much fun you could have on the punt up there. You could go to the Rugby League on the Friday. You'd probably go to Love and Rockets that night or Blackbird, <laughs> and then you'd slide into the races on the Saturday. You could watch rugby on your phone. You could watch an AFL, and then you could go to – I think they've got a, a ballet up in uh, Fortitude Valley. Jeez. I think uh, the South Melbourne franchise has now moved up to Brisbane, a little birdie tells me. So, Top Rope, can you flag it so we can go this time next year, get a leave pass from the business? <laughs> If, I, if I'd known that, we would have been there this year. <laughs> oh, fantastic stuff. Thanks, Top Rope. Great team. See you, Top Rope. Oh, that, uh, that wraps us up for the show. It's going to be a massive week of sports betting. It is every week. We're just right in the groove now. We've got past the bull. We've got uh, the what have we got? The, uh, the Sandown Cup dog heats next week. So we've got another stream. So we're on the quick backup. So Troy uh, Little and Paddy McKenna have got the got the reins this uh next thursday night the 20th of may so make sure you check out the sand and dog stream on little birdie we'll open up the stream on sunday um we'll talk to patty mckenna on bet doctor tomorrow but uh good luck on the weekend with your afl action mg you're nice and fresh you're back yeah no it should be good uh yeah everybody get around the dogs because remember what they did last time uh had had a big win so uh they'll continue their form and uh anyone who was involved in the bull can back up in the dogs uh, next week. Exactly. Yeah, it was uh, it was a grind. I spoke to a lot of punters down at uh, down the bull, and I spoke to Tristan. They, they had a feel the first couple of days. Yeah. We just, I mean, I guess we lived to fight another day, and all of a sudden the punters got their money back. Um, so yeah, it just didn't work out for us early, um, and it would have been just a different story coming the last day. If you had bullets, you could just absolutely smash That's those right, last yeah. two winners. But for us. Was trying to get our heads out of water, but hopefully you guys can reload, and hopefully uh, Troy and Patty they uh, they, they turned one hundred thirty three thousand into half a million last time. So there's no pressure. There's a ton of pressure, and I'm tipping uh, the hundred and thirty three k bank will be a lot bigger than uh, than the first time they went around. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you follow us on YouTube, Little Birdie TV. We're in the Apple Store, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, we're everywhere. You just can't miss us. So uh, good luck on the punt. Hopefully you bash your bookie, and uh, we'll see you next week.